Well, folks, you're very welcome along this Monday evening for our TTM weekly show. Lots indeed to talk about and discuss and reflect upon. But before that, let's of course, Damien Harvey and Kevin Kelly. Damien, Kevin, great to have you with us. And Damien, you're in somewhat uh, painful disposition before we even start tonight. And the challenge of Cookstown haven't even uh, come up or uh, played yet. Uh, just a wee, just a wee gardening accident. No, but uh, really looking forward to this eight-hour special on the weekend's action. <laughs> Kevin, eight hours wouldn't you do it. Just... off well there, Noah. Uh, well, eight hours wouldn't do it justice, Kevin. Because, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we, we we did joke about uh, the various games that we've, we've uh, gone to see and, and matches to see, and I suppose the graveyard shift, Kevin, would have been uh, considered to be gorging. And English and Sunday night normal, but I'll tell you something. <laughs> it was no graveyard shift, it was some game of football. Yeah, no doubt, no one from what I've heard, I was talking to John McChrystal today and he said it was a very good game of football. And listen, it, it's just in keeping with the whole weekend action. And uh funny John did say it too, and it was a good point that um the fact that you know the, the standard is so high in the intermediate and, and, and senior championship this year, maybe it's no coincidence the fact that uh, the clubs have had the full use of their of their county players um, first before you know in the lockdown, and now you know the county will be getting them in a, in a few weeks' time. So you know he maybe had a point there. Um, clubs were at full throttle, and uh, some county men standing out, and, and some players who who no doubt Mickey Hart will um, have took note of um, putting big performances over the weekend as well. And surely that, that if this is shown as anything. It has shown us that there has to be time found where the, the focus is solely on clubs and clubs' preparation for the championship because, as Kevin has rightly said, the quality that we have seen, and I mean, the reports I'm hearing across the country, or across the country, and I was down Donegal all the day, and it's the same thing that they feel that the standard of, of competition has been so much higher as a result of the focus very much on the clubs. That's, sorry, Noel, yeah, that's that's that's. I was listening to uh, one of the southern um, stations <coughs> and they were talking about exactly the same thing. It's what's the fact that the county men are available with their clubs in the build-up to games. They're able to work on tactics. They're able to work on you know systems of play. Um, they've got a clean run at it. There's no interference in terms of the county scene at all. So that's obviously got a big, a positive Im- impact on, on what we're seeing in terms of the quality of our games. Um, and... It seems to be now that there there is there is a definite move towards a, a split season, um, which can only be a good thing. Personally speaking, I think, I think they've got the split season the wrong way around from what I'm hearing them talking about. They're talking about uh, the club season, you know, running from maybe August straight up to November time. Um, I think that's tough on the clubs. Um, but uh, I think the county grounds will be in far better shape at that time of the year to play at the county games than, than maybe the, some of the club club grounds but definitely the split uh, in the season is good and I think you're seeing the quality of games really improve Well when you mentioned there about the split season and so on you wouldn't be happy with August through to, to November what would you prefer to see Damien? Well I think I think that's if that's the time of year you know that I think I think the inter-county fields will be available right up to near Christmas most years um, just because of the quality of those pitches but I think it's hard asking club teams to prepare for for games that uh, um, that are taking place in October, November, December. Um, given the fact that you know the, the deterioration of pits, pitches is coming into the dark nights, um, we don't have an awful lot of grounds where lights are available to us in in Tyrone. So I think it sort of it, it's tough on the schedule. Um, so I, I prefer to see the club players having a cut at the early start of the season. Um uh, probably April, May, June, when all the one you know those long evenings. And I think that's where you get that's where you'll see big, big crowds at those club games, hopefully whenever this COVID goes away. And um you, you know then you can turn them over to the inter county manager later in the year. Yeah. Yeah Kevin David mentioned there big crowds. I mean we, we have seen big matches this weekend and it's just a pity because because the crowds that we could have been at Healy Park, for example, on, on Friday night, uh, at at uh, Moore yesterday evening, you know, even even those those crowds could have been massive because of the draw and the appeal of those games. But COVID really 
has been a, a scourge on 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 the attendance figures. No doubt, no one and look, look, listen, people, you can watch games on TV, any sport on TV, but it's, it's not the same as being there and the atmosphere and everything. And, you know, we've, we've some iconic uh, venues here in Tyrone for, for championship matches. And when there's big crowds in, it's, it's, there's really no better place to be than, than in the middle of a club championship game in Tyrone, West Junior. Think of the if the, if the clubs are departing, I think it would need to start in July. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the second six months of the, of the year. And uh, I can't understand why, if they are going to, to go down that road, I think club football needs to start in July. And then it means at least you have July, August. You know, you've yet, you've yet um, good weeks of, of to get at it. You can play, I know, it, it's a couple of weekends, you could have double fixes and whatever. But I think another thing too is that they um, just mentioned that tonight, funny, the committee meeting there. but. You know, the under-21 competition in Toronto, I think, needs to be taken a look at as well. And, you know, for me, there's no reason why under-21 competition in Toronto couldn't play it um, in May and June time when the county season has gone on because at the end of the day, you know, you have to be a very special player to be on a county senior panel when you're still under-21. So I think the likes of that competition could be played outside the senior um what I call it, the senior area were set aside for it because it means then that you're not trying to push it in on top of senior fixtures maybe around October, November time when really you're only uh, ticking boxes as such. So I think, yeah. you know, under 21 to me is, is vital age group because you've lads coming out of after out of minor, you know, that's when you're going to lose them 19, 20 and if they're not making the senior reserve team, well, they're not going to get football. So I think if, if, if we are thinking right, you know, talk about um, maybe May, time, June, two months, running run on the 21 competition and uh, say then yeah, you're not impinging on the on the throne club season at senior level when it starts. Yeah, well, that's lots for the, the fixture <laughs> makers and the guys who are looking at the schedule to consider there. Uh, we'll probably reflect on this a couple of times more before the season's over. But uh, talk about the season, uh, Damien, a weekend that was packed with quality football. And I suppose the best place to start, and, and it will probably bring us on to something we're going to discuss later as alternative to uh, the conclusion of games. But Friday night, yourself and Kevin were in Oma for the Clark uh, and Kelly Clark game live in TG Kahar. And uh, somebody obviously told the players, listen, let's put on. Uh, no, and that's exactly what happened to uh, The You couldn't ask for a better venue, for a better. For a better um, as it was audience either the fact that it was it's the first time the throne championship the sort of group or you know early year game has been has been um, broadcast out to the whole Ireland and what a fantastic occasion it was an absolutely brilliant game of football um, the lead changed hands a couple of times two or three times in it uh, they were level for long periods as well and uh, we had some outstanding individual performances um, particularly you know you see guys, often, often think about these guys on the losing team in these brilliant performances for Mark Bradley, I thought was outstanding. Really difficult man to mark his goal in the first half, or, or it was the second half, sorry. It was absolutely superb. Um, and it was a fantastic, um, I suppose, bit of PR for Toronto football. And I know I was, again, I was listening to that Southern station today and they were remarking on the, the skill level between the, oh, the two teams that were involved in Friday night as well. Um, but like a remarkable advertisement for drone football and we thought you know this can't get any better um two sides going toe to toe and then we were just treated to an incredible weekend after uh, uh damien or kevin sorry uh, difficult for damien to say toe to toe there because of the way his foot is presently but uh <laughs> certainly you, you, i mean you were there on, on friday night and, and you watched lyrical sense about the quality of the game and the quality of the players and and and, and the openness of the game. I mean, it, it was it, there weren't there weren't too many blanket defences. It was uh, it was a pretty old-fashioned gung-ho type game of football. It certainly was, Damien or Nolan. I don't want to you know reiterate what Damien said. I don't want to be standing on his toes. But um, you know, it um, it was a, a cracking game of football. Two well-drilled teams. Two teams that obviously had designs on the league couple and. Um, well, Damien mentioned there, Mark Bradley was outstanding. So too was Lee Brennan, you know, the two respective 14s. But 
listen, there was experienced players on both sides. Uh, Danny McDonald, a good game for Trillick, Marty Swift for Chili Clark. Then the, the young lads too, you know, Lex and Nathan Downey, who I thought was outstanding for Kelly Clacher, so too was Rushing McCann. You know, the young generation coming along, uh, Jordan Barton, and then the other side of the Greys and, and the Gardies, Michael Gallagher. It was just a real, the, uh, the whole mix. You had the, you had the experienced players, the, the young players, um, and of course, M- Matty Downey, who maybe unlike in the first round, Matty uh, was everywhere. He, he didn't stay in at full forward. He, he was the man that made it. He was the heartbeat of the Trillick team. And well, Trillick um, were dealt a blow. Richie had to go off. The, the, you know, the lost key men at, at key times. And probably Kitty Clara reflect on there's a couple of golden chances to, to win the game um, right at the end, but uh, didn't take them. But an unreal, an awful way to decide the game. I know I'm talking to Trillick lads after it, and, you know, they felt they generally did feel sorry for Kelly Clara because they had been through the same experience with Jerry Gong last year. But um, it's no way uh, for the GA to decide uh, to decide games like that. There, at the end of the day, those two those two teams had had served up an absolute spectacle that was witnessed by the whole of the country and further afield. And and uh, you know nobody deserved to lose, but nobody deserved to lose in that in that manner. And you know I don't know what the what the best way to do it is, probably, I'm sure if they were told there was now five minutes each of, of extra time, eventually somebody would come out on top, but definitely, I know there was time restraint, there could be no replays, but definitely penalties, there's no way to decide a, a, a championship match. Right, Damien, we were going to leave this uh, discussion, <coughs> or maybe later in the, in, in the show, but <laughs> I think Kevin has actually made a few very, very pertinent points there. Uh, are, first of all, Damien, are you a fan of the penalties? And... Or have you a, a, an alternative, a workable alternative that doesn't involve tossing it? Well, the first thing I have to say, I think this relationship's fractured already, um, the way you guys are going on this evening. Um, but secondly, um, look, the penalties, I, I have to say, I don't know, you were there last night, Noel, at the, at the, in Omar last night. I thought at the end of the game, <laughs> what was most remarkable about the whole thing was the flat atmosphere after the, after the penalties had been taken. It was... There was no yes, there was a bit of euphoria from the Trillick people, but it was it was almost like it it, it, it didn't feel right. It, you know, and I know the manager uh, and Nigel Cini, Cini mentioned Cini after <laughs> after that you know they had gone through the experience last year and they were dumped out of the Ulster Championship and on penalties, which you know wasn't satisfactory at all. And he didn't feel I don't think he felt that it was a satisfactory type win, you know, for them. Yes, they'd won the game, that progressed to the semi final of the championship. Delighted to be there, but it didn't feel right. And I, I would say most of the people leaving the ground on Friday night know what there was that sort of sort of it wasn't just a, you know, there was no euphoria, it wasn't the greatest feeling really after it. And you do you didn't feel for the likes of Simon O'Neill, who had you know his penalty saved, or uh, and in fairness he, he he didn't kick the ball wide or anything. It was a good save um, uh, from I think it was Ryan Kelly, um, and that's like goal. So th- those are th- you know those are moments that you know these lads have to live with, given the fact that they have gone through such heavy training load, and I'm sure over the last few weeks, and it's just deeply deeply unsatisfactory. Yes, an amateur lad to step up and take a penalty that really decides his, his club's club season. And so, yeah, look, I would not, definitely not a fan of penalties. I like the idea of um, actually the first score from play. Um, and what I mean by that, you know, if there's a free kick award on the 13-metre line, you have to walk it back out the field and get it and get a score from play. You know, something like that. Because I think that does demonstrate the, all the skills that are there in like football. And you don't have to, you know, you, you don't lose it with a silly old free or something. You know, I think that's, that would be a mistake as well. So I think the first score from open play would, like golden score or something like that, would definitely be the way, be the way to go. But uh, I believe the powers of be were sort of, sort of, they were stymied a wee bit by the rule book. Um, and these, just the normal, the normal thing that uh, these rules need, do need changed. And um, particularly with a championship like we have in Tyrone, it's an awful way to end a game. An awful way to end a game. And uh, any of those two sides, it would have graced the county final. It was superb football on the night. Yeah. Well, listen, at the end of the day, I, you know, um, even if after extra time, why not decide it with something that is, is a GAA thing? And um, 
to me, it's, it's a day in art, but if you're any games over the weekend, it's, it's, it's still very much in practice. When you see Niall Morgan and Shane Murphy and, and Jay's, you know, Mark Bradley, Lee Brennan, you know, why not to say they were free kicks off the ground, you know, which is something that, um, you know, years ago you had to take all your frees off the ground. That, that's an art in People talk about the fries, you know, aren't, aren't that easy to put over. To me, it, it, I, would, I would start with a competition, maybe free kicks, maybe starting off maybe 30 yards from goal. And, and uh, you know, if it's still level, you move, or 20, whatever it is, you're moving out every time. Something they got there, and at, that, at least that way, you're, you're demonstrating the skills of Gaelic games by taking free kicks off the ground, rather than, you know, I think penalties is just, uh, it's just an awful way to decide an outcome. Well, I'll tell you, we, we watched quite a few games over the weekend. I don't recall one penalty being awarded, but I think it counted something like 11.45s that were, uh, as a result yeah. of attack, right? So that argue, that say the argument, Kevin, is that the, the 45s are very much an inherent part of Gaelic games and something that we, we, we practice regularly and score regularly. Having said that, I watched Billy Hart hit one last night. He struck it well, but it sailed out left and wide. But again, 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 it's probably like, you know, most, te- most teams would have won at the most two, two players would take 45s. Yeah. You, know, you know, if you're going to go down the way of, of, of five, sure, you're going to have three players there that have never taken a 45. And, you know, I think there's enough going on at training and that there to you know to put aside ten minutes at the end of training sessions to uh, for lads to practice forty fives. I say I think you know you'd be you'd be surprised maybe when the pressure's on. You know I'm not on but free state in front of the post. You can have it somewhere. One has to be taken from the right, one from the centre, one from the left. But you know who's to say somebody could miss a twenty meter free? Was to say if it's if it's still level after um, whatever you know. Take the first three kicks on the twenty meter line, move out, move out, move out, just to gradually till. Yeah, well, um, I still think I still think that sort of puts a finger of blame on one player, which is which we need to get away from. I think um, it's a you know we don't we don't send one player out on the field. So I still think the idea of of, of scores from play, you know, that's a collective team effort, you know, it's, and it's, it's a lot more than one player, and you know the responsibility of that score can be pointed to more than one player as well. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, in theory, again, that sounds marvellous. But I mean, if you take a toss and you've had, uh, or you've played a game, you've had 10 minutes each way of extra time, then five minutes of each way of extra time, and then you're going to go for the golden score. And you take the toss, you lose the toss, and you're playing into a gear force wind. It's a slightly different situation. And uh, there's no, listen, there are no easy. What about a replay? What about a replay? No. You know, three days later, would a replay win? What's a replay? Oh, no. What's that? no. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, look, the smarter people than us that have played a lot of football have made these rules for taking penalties. So, look, who are we to argue with them? Let's go on. Let's, let's start talking about something else. Well, the interesting thing, I want to go back to what we point to you made about you start from the 13 metre line and work the ball out. Uh, I mean, who would decide when the ball is actually crossed? Would it be the referee? This is a guy who maybe can't tell when a ball is inside the 45 and it's hit, hit across, and a mark is awarded when the ball is quite clearly not inside the 45, or not outside the 45 metre line. We saw several.
part of the Kalainen squad. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. You'll be thinking, we've qualified for the semi-final of the championship but really haven't played well yet. So they're in a pretty good place, I think. The, the Damien, or, or Damien O'Hagan, Kevin, said at the weekend uh, about the fact there was two local derbies, really. Uh, and and uh, those games were just about winning. Championship matches are just about winning. But local derbies, they, they're not stylish. They're, they're not sort of games you get to express your, your skill set. It's just about winning. And they've done, they, they, they basically dealt with the two teams put in front of them. They now find themselves 60 minutes away from a county final. And they're up against a team that uh, they played on more than one occasion. And there's a, there's a wee bit of a history between them. I know that. Look, when the draw was made, no, Clonoe and Colleen was, was the, the tie of the instance he stood out because, you know, for obvious reasons, how close proximity and the, the rivalry between them. But, you know, like Colleen were in the hand of nothing last Saturday. You know, Derry Lahan come there. They played played very well for maybe three quarters of the game against the Moy in the first round. But they come there and they come with a game plan. They executed it at three, three each at half time, even at. Um, it went to 6-3 and then the goal, Tane and Quinn, I thought, done very well for the goal. Just um, just have to mention there, on behalf of you know, Michael McGraw, wish him the best of luck, the Derry Lahan keeper who sustained a serious head injury. So hopefully uh, he'll recover fully from that. But, you know, Derry Lahan and, and that, you know, the goal went in and, and um, moments later then they were down to 14 men and then Cormac O'Hagan put Colin and Savin in front and, I think talking to, you know, at that stage you'd have thought, well, Colleen is going to kick on here and just ease home, but they'll be disappointed that they didn't close that game out because it so often happens in Gaelic football. Uh, Kieran Gervin fisted in a goal and then James Donnelly had a click of a point and then unfortunately James was black-carded and all of a sudden Derry Lachlan were down to 13 men. But, you know, the, the team that's got the axe to men are sometimes are inclined to relax and, you know, you pick that man up or that. And, you know, Derry Lachlan had nothing to lose at that stage and actually... Uh, Thomas Charney scored to put them two behind and um, it took a, a superb making the score to, to get Kalilin settled again and over the line. But listen, it was it was it was never gonna be pretty as, as you know, Kalilin were never gonna um really, really put Derry Lahan to the sword because Derry Lahan are a well drilled team, well coached team and a lot of very good players. But it's, it's all set up now, Colleen and Trillick, uh this Saturday night, obviously, is a repeat of, of last year's semi-final at the same stage. And uh, Trillick had played poorly in the first half, but come out for the second half. And I think at, at the end of the day, there was only a point in it at the end. Colleen had the chance to bring it back to time, but failed to take it. So it's very much all to play for. And as you say, Noel, maybe the shackles are off. It's a, it's a traditional East versus West um, encounter. Um, as you said there, Colleen had, had two very close derby games. So... Uh, the shackles will be off and it's, it's going to be live on RTE and um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's got all the makings of, of a brilliant game of football. Uh, East versus West, Damien Putin versus Trump. Is that how we'll, we'll, we'll build this one up? The, uh, <laughs> fact that, I'm just thinking, Damien, sometimes you talk about there, uh, you know, teams getting prepared for a semi-final, that they need a real good challenge, a real good test before. Both these teams are coming in on the back of good tests, good staring examinations. So they're coming properly prepared, well, as Kevin said, well drilled, plenty of talent among the both sides. I mean, it really is, has, has been set up to be an absolute clinker of a game. Who have, you, who have you set up, Liam Donnelly? has been Putin or Trump <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> sure, it'd be interesting to find out what, what uh, <laughs> the term was there. But anyway, no, look, I think it, a key to this here is going to be injuries. Um, what way is Richie Donnelly? Uh, Dara Gallagher, is he available or is he not? Um, you know, and how well I suppose the the Kalilin men have come out of the last game. So uh, I think a lot, you know, a lot depends on that. I'm not sure if Peter Donnelly is available this weekend or not again. Um, will be interesting to see. Yeah, certainly will. And of course, you mentioned Darry Gallagher and, and Richard. I think Richard Donnelly is highly, highly unlikely. Now, my sources were telling me that he had a problem with his Achilles, and I'm trying to protect it that he actually damaged. It's quad, so we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. And then, but and then on the other, sorry, the flip scale of things like Colin Potty Hampson, who's an integral part of the Colin and the Throne setup, of course. Um, he got he got sixty odd valuable minutes on his belt on, on on Saturday as well, which is is only going to be a boost to Colin as well. And and obviously as we mentioned there, when interviewed him afterwards, it was brilliant to see Philly Toner back on on the field in a, in a championship game four years after that horrendous um, injury they sustained and. 
know anybody that's seen Philly Turner play over his last decade or so knows how talented a player he is in all and <clears throat> you know he doesn't give too many interviews he lets his football do the talking but it was great um, I'm sure all games and thrown further afield were, were great to see him see him back on in action against Derry Lachlan last weekend no doubt about it we well, were both teams well in their semi-final uh, the other semi-final of course is going to be made up of uh, or is made up of, of uh, Eric O'Kearn and Dungallon uh, the victors uh, on uh, in their two quarter-finals Damien the Dungallon are bowl game another massively high score now we, we, we were sort of chatting off air before we come on about performances of the week and surely <laughs> you can't talk about this game without talking about Paul Donahue uh, No this was a this was a shootout in, in uh, Edinburgh on uh, Sunday afternoon it was a fantastic game of football um, both teams went well at it I think Arbo probably had the game won twice nearly um, in normal time and still didn't you know the, the difference the difference really was Paul Donahue he has athleticism, the way he's able to get about through the field, his kicking from place ball, from from play, this guy has the potential to, to be as good as he wants to be and um, you mentioned earlier about guys that possibly could make it onto the county panel, I, I, I think this boy's ready to go, I think he really, really is, he's got, uh, he was you know, we, our both did their damnedest to try and uh, tie him down and yet he still found space and he still found the the accuracy to kick a point when the, the when all the pressure was on to level the game in, in, in normal time and then and then to really be the difference in, in, in extra time as well. That's not to say that you know the to say I'm really, really impressed by the work rate of the distant Gannon team. Um I thought thought the two was but David Walsh in particular I thought when Shane McGuigan went into full forward in the second half for Arbo, I thought David Walsh could really come out and Sean and and just about boss that that battle. When uh, when the chips were down, and then you know you had the likes of uh, Mark McCurney, who was outstanding ball carrier, Daly Jones kicked a couple of lovely points under severe pressure as well, and um, yeah, look, our bowl kind of says very very unfortunate to, to come up against a real hungry Dungannon team, um, and and in any other given day, our bowl would be would be in the semi final of the championship, but it wasn't to be on Sunday. Uh, Kevin, you were there, you watched it, you saw it. Uh, we talked about players who might, who might make an, an impact. But uh, would it be fair to say that um, Paul Dunhill went into that match probably under more pressure than most players because of the Dungallon, or the transfer from Edendorf to Dungallon? He, he was back on his old stomping ground. People would say, oh, sure, but it was nothing new to him. He was very familiar with the surroundings. But there must have been a lot of pressure on young Dunhill on, on, uh, in that game. You're spot on, Noel, of course. Like that's the that's the pitch he grew up on, and, and no doubt that um, he's now a Dungannon player. But coming back to his pitch, he knew that there was pressure on, and maybe people maybe hoping that he wouldn't perform as well as he did. But as Damien said there, like he um, some of the frees he hit without say the boot, but I have to highlight the one. Uh, you know, Dungannon lost a sideline ball just in front of, of on our side on the Dungannon, at the Dungannon bench, and at that time. It was well into injury time, and, and our bow were clinging on by a point. But um, they won the ball back the next, and, and they got it to Donaghy. And listen, he wasn't he wasn't shirking his his uh, responsibilities. He, he he went past two men and mm-hmm. hit an absolutely brilliant equaliser. It was it was just quality written all over it. But listen, this was by no means a, a one man display. As David, you know, David Watch at fullback, Kian uh, Barker, another classy, classy player. In fact. I have to say, I was very impressed with Dungannon full back line. Conan Davlin, and our young lad, uh, Damien mentioned there, Mark McKearney, the Malloys, uh, big Potty McNulty in the middle of the field who had become a father the night before. So I don't know how many hours sleep he got, but um, he, he, uh, you know, he played a real captain's part as well. And uh, Patrick Quinn came off the bench again when we remarked that day up in Galway, uh, the quality of their bench. Patrick Quinn come on, hit two brilliant points. Kiefer Morgan come off the bench. Uh, Ryan Jones come off the bench. You know, Dungan just seemed to have a, a real good uh, squad of players all around the same age at the one time. And uh, you know, it's their first, it's the first senior semi final since 1994, <coughs> 26 years. And um, I don't know, if there's they might be one or two, but there's not too many of them. That current team was actually born when they were last in a in a semi final. But 
you know, credit has to go to Chris Rafferty and, and Terry Lahorn and Collie Holmes have, have done generally very well drilled. And um, you know, just just a point there too, you know, people there was only seven games in the league this year and, and some people were were taking games seriously, some weren't. But you know, if you look at if you look at the, the, the last four in the in, in the semi finals, uh Dungenon's top of their section, uh Kalein's top of the other section. Uh, Trillick are um, only two points behind Trillick or Killeen in that section and Eric Keane are only a point behind Dungannon and Trillick beat the Killeen our team's only a point behind so the last five or six teams still in the championship were all very much uh, focused or giving it all in the league uh, Dromore as well who are very unlucky to lose to Ergil are very much in, in the running to, to hold on to their league title so you know them, them four or five league games going into the championship um, were good preparation for the teams that have come through but and um, no, Dungannon just about you know, Arbo as Damon said they'll be kicking themselves because Arbo played played their part in a cracking game of football and, and played some very, very good football and probably you know, two points ahead going into injury time. It was only a matter of running down the clock, but again you have to maybe in the past, um Dungannon teams might not have might not have shown the character and the fighting spirit that they did, but again that has to go down to the management of instilled something in there and of course, these lads have all been very successful coming up through the ranks as well. So they're winners. And, uh, you know, while they'll go into the semi-final this weekend as an underdogs, um, Dungan will, will no doubt give a very good account of themselves. Yeah, no doubt about that. We mentioned the strength of the benches, of course, how important those are. And uh, that, that was obvious and, and evident. But, Damien, one thing that, that I think you had before when we were discussing was how close so many of these games are across both and senior football. We saw that one that went to extra time. We saw the penalties, obviously, on Friday night. Very, very little between the teams. And then we came down to Carrickmore on, on Sunday evening, and uh, we had another close encounter of the third game. Absolutely. I, I, funny, uh, I, was, uh, I was asked to make a prediction earlier that day about uh, the, two, the two senior games that we played that day, and I said that th- I thought both of them would go to extra time. And sure, we're only a kick of the ball away from extra time um, for the for the second game, that, uh, the Dromore Ergel game that, that, in the evening. Um, but yeah, we said no, the closest to the championship. Um, I think we've got a stat up last night about there were twelve games, twelve senior games played in the in the championship this year. Ten of them was decided by three points or less. Three of them went to extra time, and one was decided in penalties. Like it's. If you want, you know, if you want value for money and effort and um, close games, um, like the throne championships is the one that is, you know, above all. I think um, in terms of closeness and um, competitiveness and unpredictable. You know, who's gonna? You could, yeah, you could pick out maybe half a dozen teams that are going to be first for championship honours, but you'd be an absolute madman to think that you could pick a winner um, every year uh, and. So like again, Dromore and Ergil going into that game, it was it was a toss of the coin really who was going to come out on top. And Ergil, you know, fair play to one Kelly, he stepped up when he when he needed it at the end, and he, and he had that great point. But that was a fabulous game of football again, uh, and Jack Moore hugely competitive game of football as well. Uh, and I thought Ergil would put to the pin of their collar really last night. Um, and I think it, you know, there were one or two, you know. Decisions and I thought I think the deck definitely the game should have won the extra time. Yeah, one of those games, Kevin, that uh, Ergil will probably look back at it and say that they, they maybe sight fortune to win it by a point, but the moral feel that maybe they were sight fortunate or unfortunate, I suppose, to lose it. But there has to be a winner somewhere, small margins. And, and you know, at the end of the day, there was a lot of I mean, pe- people I, I spoke to they were pointing to various things and emphasizing possibly the award, the award of the last three. But I did point out to him that there were four or five other instances during the game where the referee maybe took a lenient view on things and, and allowed play to continue, allowed players to stay on the field. There's a whole lot of stuff. But, you know, and, and, oh, and the overall balance, um, uh, Damien says that maybe extra time, you know, did, did Ergel deserve the win, do you think? Well, if you're, if you're from Ergel, Kane, you would say you deserve to win. But uh, listen, if they were out of the traps 4 1, they, they were going brilliantly. And then, more just the late come on um, five in a row and at 6-4 they're well placed at half time but unfortunately from a more point of view Nell Sutton took a heavy hit as we seen just below us and, and he couldn't come out for the, the, the second half and um, 
play our arrogant Cian just got to grips. I think they kicked the first three points of the of the second half. Now it was definitely one of them I'd have to say it was questionable, you know, being fair and being you know, there's one of them was a mark given, but the, the ball was inside the forty five and it was delivered. But look, a small margins now then come back on again and, and not only did he get a point, but he just you know, Sean McNabb and Ahmed McNabb and then by his own McCuskey just tried whenever he, he was back on the field again. I'm sure I think it was Sean McNabb uh, put a minute into injury time, put Dremore uh, um, a point in front. I'm sure at that stage, uh, I found a couple of Ergo lads after, I'm sure they would have took extra time at that stage. But um, listen, in the context of the game, um, look, you get them free some days, you don't, some days you get them, some days you don't. I thought it was, to be honest, a soft enough free for the equaliser, but you can't take it away from Big Kelly. Um, at the end, it was a marvellous point to, to win the game, but possibly, um, and it's not an easy job being a referee, but possibly in a, in a real tough game like that, on a tough encounter and all the rest, I think none of the two teams would have really had any qualms if, if he had a blew the final whistle uh, when the game actually was a draw. Yeah, I mean, look, again, ifs, buts, and maybes, as we talk about sometimes, small margins. But pointing to small margins, Omakosh got a one-on-one with the goalkeeper and should have scored the- Brilliant chance early on in the first half. The ball played across the square. Keeper was completely out of it. All they had to do was touch it under the net. And Dremore would have been, you know, if, if, if had the score played out of the game, played mm-hmm. out as it would have won and, and been home comfortably. But that's the nature of the game. But I don't doubt, and several people I spoke to today agreed with you, Kevin, that they, you know, had gone the extra time. There wouldn't be too many complaining. Uh, in fact, I think oh. <laughs> it is because it was such a good game. But again, uh, and I think this goes down to, to the great quality of coaching that's going on across the county. First of all, the strength and condition, the, 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 the power and the, and the pace that some of these players have, oh, not some, all of them, even the brilliant, <laughs> absolutely, very difficult to track. Well, I mean, that's the, the, another the, thing too, when you think even in the count, know that the strength of both teams' benches last night too, some of the quality of players that, that come on for Eric and Kieran Andromore and uh, as I say, it's all about patience now and possession that, like P.D. Hart was a real leader for Eric last night, kicking six points, but you know, when, when, the, when the chips were down, and I suppose, again, like we said about Dungannon, maybe, uh, you know, teams would have thought this is not, not, not our night, like a point down deep in the injury team, and, and to have the, the character and the, and the fighting spirit to, to turn that around and win by a point, you know, says say something about Eric and Kane as well, of course, they've, they've, been, they've come very close in the last couple of years to, to win their first O'Neill Cup since 2012, and I'm hoping this is finally the year that Johnny McBride in there and, and a lot of good club men along with him. So um, they're throwing everything at it. But um, they're going as favourites this weekend. There's no doubt about it. But um, Dungannon, I think them and Dungannon, it'll be, it'll be, it'll go down to the wire. No, I wouldn't really like to ask the time on that as well. No, well, you, you mentioned earlier, and all about about you know people who may or may not be in around the county scene. Um, it'll be nice to see. Uh, Peter Taken around the county scene as well. He was, I thought, he was outstanding yesterday. Um, I, I know he's a player that um, not quite near the county panel at this stage yet, but uh, I think that's still a big argument. Maybe it's one for another night. It would be great to see Peter Taken in a Troon junior team playing in midweek against some of these other counties, just to see the step up and level. You know, um, I think there's a there's there's a real need for a almost a second county team that you could get the likes get the, the uh, a look at the likes of Paul Donaghy and uh, Peter Teig and you know some of the other guys that could make that step up you know yeah well I mean I often point out we'll go back as long as, long as it's played during the county season you mean? yeah during the county season it's, it's a t- I, I agree yeah, it has to be played during the county season but it's it's just something else to think about um, well I often go back to 86 team and, and point out that Podge Quinn and, and, and uh, Conwell Hall and one or two others joined the senior panel with us as a result of performances on the junior side. So, listen, you know, certainly that that chance, that opportunity, and to see how players would perform. We've got, we've got, a, we've got a brilliant, yeah, we've got a brilliant club scene. We've, you know, we've that high end elite level of inter county. It just doesn't seem to be a stepping block in the stepping stone anywhere. And I think there's a, there's a need for it. Need for it. Well, that's one maybe that we might get Mickey Harry on tonight and have a chat about the. Uh, the pathway forward, Damien, and, and we'll let you lead that one, shall we? <laughs> Far be it from me to tell Mickey Hart what to do. <laughs> anyway, listen, I'm sure he's, he's enjoyed the football as we all have. And he was there on Friday night, he was sitting quite close to you guys, I believe, in, in Healy Park on, on Friday night. And I'm sure he enjoyed the crack, the banter, and, of course, 
the football tournament. I think he, he enjoyed that, and I think he enjoyed uh, Sean Daly's uh, a massive bag of Imperial Mints, and uh, there seemed to be no no bottom to them at all, and which was surprising because John Coyle was sitting beside him, but there still seemed to be um, uh, Sean was keeping us all uh, with Imperial Mints so they were coming out of our ears, but um, no, he, he was, and he was he was in good old form. Mickey was chatting away, and and um, you know uh, really enjoying the football, and. Um, as I say, how could you not enjoy that game that you played on Friday night? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, also on Friday night, of course, <laughs> I was covering the Tally Ray game uh, against Berra up in uh, intermediate football in uh, Gervahi. Uh, maybe, again, Gervahi being as cold as one day as it normally is, it, it didn't. It, it certainly lived up to that on, on Friday night. <laughs> Another great game, and the Tats were through to a semi-final of the championship. Uh, very, very good performance from them, and a real team performance. And Berra asked serious questions of them. It really was one of those games that again went right down to the wire and Beryl come away from it wondering how they managed to lose. But the bottom line is this, if you don't put the ball between the two the two big white poles, you're not going to score. And that's what cost them the game. Missed chances, missed opportunities and poor decision making. But Tally Ray have done to play even dark yet. In confident mood, but in no way complacent. Yeah, listen, that's a clash between... Aidan Dork won the Intermediate Championship in, in 2015. There were a lot of them players still involved in that Aidan Dork team. And uh, obviously, Tally Ray won it two years ago. So, two teams that know what it takes to go all the way in the Paddy Collin Cup. Um, me and Damien were down at, at Stewartstown there. I have to say, that the pitch, like all the pitches, was in excellent condition, like all venues at the weekend. And uh, well looked after in Stewartstown, as usual. But um, Rock really, really put it up to them. Um, you know, Aidan Dark had the wind in their backs in the first half and they breezed into a 5-1 lead after 10 minutes with the wind and probably thought this is, this is going to be easy. Uh, Niall Morgan stoked over two frees. It must have been 55 metres plus. He just um, went over with plenty to spare. But then Shane Murphy on that end of the field, was talked about earlier on, the, the, the art of free taking off the ground. Shane Murphy put over free into the window, which was, was an unbelievable score. And then all of a sudden, the Rock got the bit between their teeth and um, got a goal, got in front and um, really were asking questions. Aidan Dark looked, looked to be in big trouble and uh, come the man, uh, Darren McCurry, who was outstanding for Tyrone this year before the lockdown. Um, he hit two crucial points just before half-time, two brilliant scores from play uh, to leave Aidan Dark only thrown by a point at half-time. But the Rock came out for the second half with the wind. But McCurry and, and Morgan picked up with a left off a couple of points each. And then uh, McCurry had a penalty well saved by uh, James McCauley in the Rock goal. He made two or three excellent saves. And uh, Aidan Dark then got their noses in front. And you thought, well, here, this is this is the way it's going to be. But another player there, I have to point out, from, as far as far as Liam Newton's contribution for, for the Rock from left, left outstanding display. And he could now a couple of scores. Uh, Aidan McGarty went in the one on a very slim line. Conor McCreese, who has one of the top, uh, has one, one of the top marksmen in club football in Toronto this last number of years. Uh, he's back from Australia and he hit a raker of a point. And with 18 minutes to go, it was 111, uh, 111 to, um, what was it, three points in it? 111 to 11 points, or mm-hmm. so I think that was the score. And yeah. uh, Rock had the wind at their backs. Um, three points in front, all the momentum, 18 minutes to go. And then just um, Aidan Dark turned on a switch. Um, the last 18 minutes against the wind, they outscored the Rock 1-6 to the point. Uh, McCurry had a couple of gems. His, his last point, I think he beat three or four men and kicked it over his right. Uh, their goal had a wee touch of luck about it. Um, as a shot come back off the post and just big Harry Ogres in the right place at the right time and he finished it well. So, you know, Aidan Dark were took to pin of their collars. No, at the end of the day, there was five points in, but it was never a five-point game. But um, them and Taddy Ray now is going to be a very intriguing battle, and in, um, I think it's in Dunmoyle this uh, Sunday. Sunday, yeah, indeed. Indeed, the, those <coughs> two semi-finals are, are fixed for Sunday, one for three o'clock. I think one for half five. Uh, I mean, uh, Kevin mentioned Harry Oak. Uh, I remember as a minor, I know it's a, it's a guy who has massive, massive potential. Such a big, big app, big unit. And you just think if you got his main right, he'd be some asset to kind of. 
Ah, he's another he's another player that you, you know, um, <laughs> he's he's come back this year, slotted into that Aiden Dark team. Um, always we're always impressed. Harry Harry always knew where the net was when those minor teams as well. Um, Noel, I can remember him marauding forward from midfield and finding the net. This one here is a bit more fortuitous, I suppose, on on Saturday in Sherston, but. When he sees the opening, when he sees the chance, he knew where the he knew where they knew where the net was, and he, he finished very very well. Um, I have to say, McCurry's performance was outstanding. Um, he was just, uh, but uh, equally so, I thought Liam Nugent. If he'd have got a wee bit more ball, I think Rock would have, would have he would have caused all sorts of damage. And he's he's, he's brilliant off right or left. And that's a great sign of a player who's got that got that key balance that he can go either way. And um, He's definitely he's definitely one for the future, Liam Nugent. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, the other semi-finals at a local derby. It's, a, it's just a battle of the sperms. It really is. The, 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 <laughs> talking about a, a two teams that cross over in big, big ways and family connections and, and uh, jobs and land and all sorts of things indeed. And again, the, it's not that long ago since they actually faced each other in the championship as well. Gorchin and Greencastle. I was at both their quarter-finals, I have to say. Enjoyed them immensely. Greencastle... Uh, very convincing winners over Ahalou. Ahalou's chances were diminished early on when they lost Rory McGrone to a bad injury and then suffered doubly when goalkeeper Stevie Donnelly also picked up a bad injury. Both men had to be stretched from the field. And there's no doubt about it that Ahalou's uh, uh, ability to, to perform was <coughs> important. They then uh, went down to 14 men following a red card and they really did struggle, but they came back brilliantly in the second half. But Sean Tay just his guys in good shape. Kevin, you know the, the nature of Sean Teague. He's such a competitor and such a leader. And the guys on the field take very much their direction from him. And it was a very, very sound performance. And a couple of guys were really stood out for me. Cahar McCullough was absolutely brilliant up front. His movement, his finishing, his, his, his ability to bring all the players into play was fantastic. Dan Tui, small man, but a real, a real bundle of energy. He was absolutely outstanding as well. Peter Teague, Peter Teague, I mean, I taught Peter school many, many years ago. Um, didn't teach him how to shoot, but he scored four points from play. <laughs> and I did say to Matt, you weren't going for shooting. <laughs> he certainly wasn't, but he had one of those games. But it just wasn't about his scoring ability. His turnovers, his tag and everything else, absolutely brilliant. So, Greencastle is very, very deserving winner. It's a really good game, very enjoyable game. But the game of the weekend for me was the game last night, no matter, uh, and, and Eggish. Both sides, it was absolutely old-fashioned football, played at 100 miles an hour, and both teams went at it for the 60 minutes. Took a brilliant score to, from, from Rory Keenan to, to salvage the game, or salvage something from the game for Gorchin. And then when it went to penalties, and the dreaded penalties we talked about earlier, uh, keepers were superb, absolutely brilliant. A couple of great saves, a couple of near misses, a couple of very, very well-hit penalties, and then the dreaded one comes when it's the sudden death. And you know, you mentioned the fellas carrying the board, and it is it's very, very unfair because if you're forced up and you miss, as happened last night, it's a difficult, difficult situation, and you're watching and hoping, and you're almost wishing ill luck on the guy who's hitting the next one, which isn't isn't really what you associate with the GA. But Rory Keenan, the leader that he is with, with uh, Gorchin, struck it to the back of the net, and as you said, Damien, it was about 10 seconds of cheering and then a certain flatness because it was one. Well, sorry, the, the, the progress was made, but there's no victory achieved. Would that be fair comment? I think so. I think so. No, I think you know, this is and look at the look at the semi final. It sets up like Corchin against Greencastle. Um, you know, you just really have to look at the interviews that after the games at the, at the weekend. And Rory Keenan's interview I thought was outstanding. To be honest with you, I thought he'd done a great job with it. He um. The, the passion which those guys bring to it, and you know that Sean Tague's not going to bring anything else only that to it. And uh, um, both teams, you know, they'll just be eyeing other now for the rest of this week. And, and you can just imagine some of the, the uh, I don't know where the, the, the borders drawn between those two clubs up there, but I can tell you something, they'll be staring at other across the, the fences up there for the, for the next few days. And there's no doubt that. Uh, it sets up absolutely intriguing. Like the photographs and all that came through after the, the, the game yesterday, no, I think they've just gone nuts in terms of the so, our social media that's last 24 hours. You can see it, what it means to those two clubs. And uh, so that would, that, would, that would make a brilliant final on its own. Um, there's no doubt, no doubt about it. 
but uh, I, I can say that um, there'll be there'll be every effort I'm sure made to uh, make sure that that, that one is uh, that both teams are set up to the absolute perfection going into that game, and uh, you just would love to see the first fifty fifty ball. You can you can be rest assured that there'll be uh, there'll be nobody pulling out of it. That 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 first fifty fifty ball will probably take place, Kevin, during the warm up. <laughs> I'd say that uh, maybe in the change. No, you can't go into the change rooms. Um, take take because a couple of them boys get it before the whole, his own man before it starts. But uh, no, listen, it's got all the makings. Like last year we were up at uh, Fintna, the two yeah. teams met, and um, it was a real cat and mouse encounter. And nothing between the two teams. Um, Got uh, Greencastle's ability just to get scores when they needed them, even though we were down to 14 men, got them over the line. And, you know, they're very well coached and very well to the team, as are Gortson. Gortson are notoriously hard to beat in championship football. They played championship football. And uh, as you said, like Rory Keane there is a real leader, but they have a lot of quality players. And, um, you know, they'll be, they've waited 12 months to, to get um, their own back on, on Greencastle. And, uh, it won't be a game for the faint-hearted. And listen, um, I think we'll go in for um, more extra time this weekend and, and, and right across the board. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I just want to give a, a, a brilliant game. I really felt for Eggy but they had contributed so much to what was a fantastic occasion for Pro Football. So commiserations to them. And I was talking with Roisin Jordan, and, and Roisin was, was praying, praying and praying for, for, for a result. But unfortunately, the result wasn't the one that she was hoping for. But our commiserations to to English. but just you know, we talk, Kevin, sometimes about what the GA means and everything else. But Rory Keenan's interview encapsulated all that. But I'm just looking as I was going to the ground last night. Harry Keenan, who is a, a legend in in Gorton football, and Gabriel Taylor were carrying the the, the snacks in and the stuff, you know, for for the players at half time and that. And I just thought I saw the two men heading out after the game, two big smiles, and not just only relishing the fact that they're in the semi final. But relishing the fact that it's, in, that it's Greencastle. And I was just thinking, this could be the quickest week for them ever, or the longest week ever as they prepare for it. And I mean, I was just thinking also, Damien, Martin High. We should have got Martin on tonight. To we should have got Martin High, because I've just worked out that the, probably the, the boundary is probably in one of his fields. Um, but Martin High has enough, plant, has enough plant from JB up there to, to try and to block the road. So I'm sure he is well blocked between the two, two, uh, two clubs this week. Um, uh, yeah, he, he, you're right. No, he, that's he'll be he'll be separating the two. You mentioned social media, and I have to say uh, a massive, massive thank you to, to, to Benny Hurd. Benny, he looks after our uh, photographs, and hopefully, maybe not tonight. Just have a wee chat about it because social media has so so many positives, but there's also one or two negatives you have to be careful of too. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. When I looked at the the, the quality of the photographs and the wee messages, Damien and, and Kevin, and all the wee things that are written around them. Uh, Social media is, has, is, is a serious force for good, potentially good. That's right. I think, I think you know, try to go a bit bigger on it this year and try and get the, the messaging across and get as many photographs out to people as possible. And we're getting the end game photographs from uh, Oliver McVeigh and we're getting the, you know, the, all the aftermath of, from, uh, from Benny as well. And, you know, all that's, all that's massively important. And I think it, what it does is takes a, you know, gives a good, strong, positive message out about our games and um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think anybody can argue with that. Absolutely not. Uh, I suppose um, that about wraps up the, the, the gentlemen's football, shall we say. I mentioned the Division 3 league is continuing and uh, wins uh, among those with the winners of the weekend. Canelli, Castle Derek, Cabrera, Kalisha, Clannagill and Cookstown and some high-scoring games again. And uh, I was talking to Darius Kevin earlier and the story that I'm sort of following our team I'm following is Clyde and third. Uh, they were beaten at the weekend again, but they rattled up a scoring of 2-10. And for a team, Kevin, that, that uh, you know, was just fighting this way, that's a, a pretty decent return against a decent Castle Derrick side. Well, it certainly is. No, look, uh, listen, you have to commend Clyde for putting in the thirds team because, you know, there's too, there's too many players, um, you know, slipped through the net, so to speak, at, at, at that age group after they come out of underage and there's yeah. no football playing for them. That's what I alluded to early on about the under 21 competition. But listen, Colleen have took the, 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 the move to put in a third team just like Ergil have, and it's great to give them football. And listen, after 
they're seeing the same as everybody else and that competitive streaks and every and all and all GA people and uh, no doubt they're, they're probably they've been disappointed some of the, the, the beatings have taken but two ten was a very respectable score and you know they're they're it's a fledgling year for them and hopefully in the next year or two um they'll they'll, they'll get stronger and um they'll start to really compete in that division. Well listen we mentioned yeah, there. a couple of big games coming up on the weekend around those um Noel I suppose um Escrow going well in in Group Two, Division uh, Division Three, Group Two. Them and Cambrias have yet to play each other, I believe. Um, Talisha is not not far behind either. Um, so they might have a big say. They've only four games played, and the uh, the um, so they've a couple of couple of games in hand. Um, so it's between Cambrias, Escra, and probably Talisha. I think Glenelg probably out of the picture at this stage, and then uh, Cookstown and. Um, Castle go play in the other section for basically a league final decider there. So um, that should be wrapped up by the, by this weekend. One of, one of the game, one of the points about that, Damien, by the way, was that Kalishal and Kildreas, that game didn't take place. That's right. That weekend of Young Prabhu McGinn. Uh, but I think both clubs have agreed that that fixture will be fulfilled. So yeah. that may have a bearing. Mm. I have to say, I have to stay fair play to both clubs, Noel, because... Um, it really would be like it was, it was a tragedy of it happened, young Patrick and, and uh, his family and that. And I think if that game hadn't have been played, it would have it just would have left a bad taste. And I think it's you know fair play to both clubs and the Throne Good. County Board for um, agreeing for that game to be played. Just want to mention that, and I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, Sunday morning, Cadres played Derry Cresc at eleven o'clock on Sunday morning, and referee that day for that game was Martin Sutton. The chair of the CCC up in uh, Brock, I think the game took place in for 10 to 11. So many of you guys probably weren't even out of bed at that stage. But Martin was up and ready for his. I wasn't date. even in bed at that. I wasn't even in bed at that stage, no. <laughs> well, Martin was there for the day's GA activity and started off the latest final to this weekend. Kevin Galbley had picked up the senior final. That's a for the club. Yeah, that's only a bit right when you have a venue like ours. Why would you not want to? Shared with everybody. Um, it's, well, it's, a good honor to, it's a good honour to get it, and um, especially with uh, obviously with Kieran Murphy, uh, a good Galway Gale, and, and part of our committee, and he's the main sponsor, Murphy's Gloves. So um, it's great that it's on, on his home pitch. So um, hopefully, Kieran will be able to join you, Noel, for a few words of wisdom in the uh, during the game, maybe before and after it as well. Yeah, we're hoping to cover the intermediate final on, on Saturday and the Lady Senior final on Sunday as well. Uh, myself and uh, John, well, John Coy are operating the camera, so we'll do the best we can, hopefully. But our, our best wishes to Erica Kieran and to McCartan for that senior final. Of course, the intermediate final is Carrick Moore and Eden Dark. And, and, and Damien, uh, I suppose Eden Dark is, is where your young fellow plays his football now. But their ladies team have, have shown fantastic progress and development over the last 12 to 18 months and uh, contesting now this intermediate final against a team like Carrick Moore who not that long ago were the top dogs in Thrones senior football. Yeah, and I think um, Carrick Moore understandably began that game as favourites, um, strong favourites to, to go, go back up again. But um, fair play to Gary Curry and I think John Ellis is well there as well this year again. Um, They've got they've got that team firing all cylinders and they'll be looking to do back to back championships. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, there's so much evil in their decent side and uh, special mention out to uh, Lara Devlin, who particularly <laughs> Gale, is a, a real score machine. You know, when, when the information comes into me as it collated for reports and so on, absolutely outstanding, uh, no doubt about it. And Moy and Cull Island, Kevin, Moy and Cull Island, Cull Island, of course, managed by. Uh, uh, an old, uh, well, notorious. Well, the notorious. The man who liked to rant, he used to rant and heard Ronan, Ronan McSherry. Ronan, yeah. uh, he's been talking to me about this Colleen team of his, and he's quietly confident and he's delighted with the progress that, that they have made as well. Ronan, quiet. I, I didn't think you'd see them two words in the one sentence, but no, Ronan, look, Ronan's a, a big Fianna man and uh, he's put in a lot of work there with that, that team. He was over there a couple of years ago as well. So, um, 
he'll he'll go in there confident that he that he can can win that game. But my listen again, it's, it's a bit of a local derby as well, um, making great strides in ladies football as well, and uh, they're in the final on merit. But you'd have to say that Colleen team uh, probably a wee bit more experienced, Noel, and uh, probably that that could be the deciding factor at, at the final whistle. Yeah, and the real East versus West one again in the in the junior Moortown and Owen Rose, two good teams. Owen Rose actually went uh, a big big one at the weekend against Sahel. We weren't expected to do it, but fair play them. But just looking at all those teams and looking at the ladies football this year in general, uh, it's been very very pleasing the number of teams that have been competing, the levels at which they're competing. The quality of the play, obviously, and the scorelines, and we mentioned, or I mentioned that last week on the, on the website about the hot shots of Neve O'Neill and Chloe McCaffrey. Still, two of the leading lights in terms of scoring, well worth uh, keeping an eye on. But as I may say, Alexa Lara Devlin there coming through, plenty of talent, and hopefully we'll see much of that talent on display this weekend. We wish to all the teams and all their their management setups all the best the weekend's endeavours. Just, just a big before a big shout out there. I was talking to a lady last night, and uh, she never misses the show. Uh, Breeds Daly from Ahar. Um, Shay Daly, God rest him's wife, and she says she, she, she tunes in every week and really loves the show and uh, appreciates everything we do for Gaelic Games and um, wishes us all the best for the future. Lovely woman, lovely woman, lovely woman indeed. And uh, uh, I was here at the odd game, of course, but. Uh, Good, good to have. Good to have at least one listener or one viewer. Anyway, but uh, no doubt about well, it. Well, at least we've identified our one viewer. We need to keep going, like Damien. Like, what was that? Five point four million Twitter impressions in twenty-eight days. Look, at, I think we did see the pack the tent up and forget about it, boys. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no interest. No interest. That's about wraps it up for us uh, for tonight, don't we? Our thanks to Kevin and Damien, and uh, hopefully next week. We want to talk a little bit about uh, social media stuff and we'll certainly visit that or revisit that again next week. We'll also talk about the performers of the year so far. And this week, we normally do a week, team, of the, team of the Week. And this week, we're going to do a Senior Team of the Week. And we're also going to do a Intermediate Team of the Week as well because it's been such that the quality of players and play has been so, so, so good. Anyway, folks, listen, enjoy the rest of your week. Look forward to another packed weekend of action. And we catch up with you again next Monday night.